everybody. Harry Carey here, but not really. Um, it's Scott, your lovable co-host, America's sweetheart even. It's been a while since I've said that. And I'm here tonight with basically the queen of social media at this point. Um, my lovely co-host after a rousing holiday weekend. Uh, Lindsay, how are you? I'm fantastic. I'm I'm really, really fucking stoked right now is how I am. I'm having a great life. Everything's shaking out I awesome. Know. I um, kind of figured you would be. <laughs> my Well, I want to we'll say hi to our, our guest tonight. Yes, also... hello. I am so sorry. Hello, Benjamin Minesweeper. How are you today? I'm doing great, and I'm just sitting here counting down the days for the next episode. Dude, I, I, more. I know. I... It's it's been so wild and like I do just have to shout out my Thursday, which was Thanksgiving. And like my my television rundown on Thanksgiving Day was like stupid. I just want to shout that out. Oh dude, I'm so jealous. I saw the so if you guys aren't aware, Lindsay and I both run the Twitter. So at any time either of us could be posting something from Twitter. And Let's be real. The majority of this past weekend was actually the entirety of this past weekend was just Lindsay. Just but going insane. Just going absolutely batshit crazy. But I was like, I was looking at all these posts because I get notified about people who like them or like retweet them and stuff. And one of the ones just happened to be about Hawkeye. And I'm like, what the fuck is going on in her house <laughs> right now? Yeah, dude, we had, because I, I saved everything up a little bit, right? Like, I banked my Thursday, because I had a really quiet yeah. Thanksgiving. And uh, so I had two episodes of Hawkeye. I had three episodes of Gossip Girl, which is continues to oh be, like, on the upper end of perfectly adequate. I really am enjoying it. Perfectly adequate. That's, the upper yeah. side. Upper end. Upper end of that. It's it's actually good. It's actually good. Um, perfectly I, adequate. Maybe your sex tape. <laughs> good shit, dude. I really enjoyed that. And then we had obviously the wheel of time that we're going to talk about today. And we had, it was like two episodes of the flash. Cause I saved up slash oh, watched yeah. the first episode of the season, but was so consumed by the wheel of time on Instagram that I didn't no see any of it and had to rewatch. Yeah. So I had all this flash to watch. I'd like, it was just a really, Oh, and the South park movie. All oh, I still haven't watched that. Damn that it. That was so good. I need to go, it dude. Was. Everything I've been reading is it's it's fucking hilarious. It it wasn't like the best thing I've ever seen. South Park, like you know, sometimes you come away from South Park and you're like, my life is forever changed by oh, yeah. that twenty minutes. It wasn't that, but it was really good. Okay, good. Temper your expectations. It wasn't like top South Park. It was like an eight out of ten South Park, yeah. right, Ben? It wasn't top South Park, but I did like it more than the last special. Yeah, me too. Okay. Okay, that's enough for yeah, that's enough for me. If if yeah, because I wasn't I wasn't a major fan of the last special. It was good. It was yeah, the way you guys feel about this one's probably honestly is how I felt about the last one. So that's how I did. I really liked the first pandemic special, and then not yeah. as much the next one. And what I think is that because this was a two parter, this like post pandemic special. Oh, was I, it? Okay. At least it fucking better be. It ended on a cliffhanger. Like yeah, it. <laughs> uh, the rumors I saw said the next one might be coming as early as like maybe late next month or early next year. That would be awesome. One month left. I think that um, the the second part to this will be like break your mind South Park funny. I think because it's a two parter, they're just getting there, right? Like it's yeah. never great until like Matt and Trey seal the deal on a concept. So I will reserve my judgment. Um, That's fair. Anyway. 
I had a great Thanksgiving because there's just like entertainment is just TV on fire. all day, pop culture in your face, in your face. And let let us begin this episode by saying this is going to be full spoilers for all four episodes of The Wheel of Time on Amazon. Mm-hmm. This will be no spoilers for the books. Um, I won't explain anything that Moraine is not trying to tell us currently on the show. Um, Cause I know there's some questions probably out there about how some of this stuff works, that, what she's trying to say, but I will oh, yeah. do um, the spoiler episode and I'll drop that on probably on Friday again this week, maybe actually earlier just because we can get the new episodes Thursdays, but actually, also it's, it's going to have to be earlier. Cause we've got uh, return of the Jedi on Friday. I know, but I'm going to record it earlier. I don't know. I just, my naming convention begs for Fridays, which I'm not saying because it's a spoiler, but my naming convention wants me to put it out on Friday. Every other part of me thinks it's going to come out on like Wednesday. So we're going to see, but it'll come out this week. (laughs) Um, So, but let's jump right into the Wheel of Time episode four. Um, And I don't have, God, what was... Oh, the title of the episode was The Dragon Reborn. Yeah. Um, Durka Dar, right? So I'm like, <laughs> so <laughs> let's dive right into this. What did you guys think? My, my no. book reader-ish and my non-book reader. No, no, no. Uh, I don't know why I just started singing. No, 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 no. <laughs> anyway. Um, I just I saw that episode got... of The Office. Did you really? <laughs> shit. <laughs> God dang it. I can't escape this shit. Um, actually, I listened to about four, uh, like four or five hours of the book, the first book on my on my drive home. Oh. And all I'm going to say about the things I've noticed that are different from the book to the show. Number one, it's two things. Number one, the beginning of the book seems entirely from Rand's perspective. It's It's almost exclusively just from Rand's point of view. And I thought that was yeah. really weird. I just thought it was like a really weird take um, for a book that, um, first of all, the I don't know if every book has this, but the audiobook that I have had a prologue. Yes, which is a little bit. Uh, there's actually one of the animated bonus specials does a lot from the prologue with Luce oh, there, okay. and we talk about the prologue extensively in the primer episode that Ben and I did. At okay. this point, Scott, if you've read the prologue, you could read the primer or listen to the primer. Hell yeah! Um, okay, that's cool. basically what that episode was. I recommend you listen to it because it was okay. Cool, 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 but, cool, cool, cool. But I yes, hold it off on that. But it is different. It is different. I don't want to go too deep into it because no, it no, I know. Deep. I'm not going to. Uh, the only other thing that I do want to lay some ire down is the and i only got so far as uh them unloading the cart and then meeting uh zen buoy who is like i can't believe he's not on the show because this dude fucking is hilarious to me all right you want a little behind the scenes tidbit um yes they there was um talk of i believe i might have this slightly wrong will of time people i'm sorry berate me on the internet um, but there was there was someone cast as Zenbui, and then the person who was we all thought was going to be Zenbui or who was supposed to be Zenbui ends up dying in episode one during Winter Night, and everyone's uh, sort of take on that was Nah, Zenbui's dope. Don't kill him. Yeah, save it for okay. later. Save him for later. Let him let him come back later. So we may still get okay. Zenbui. Okay, good. All right, cool. So 
finally I'm gonna get to my point. Um, I would have fucking loved to have seen Rand see the Dark Rider and then the Dark Rider just disappear. That would have been mm-hmm. sick as shit to me. And I'm honestly yeah. that I was re- like I was listening to that in the car and out loud I was like, oh what the fuck? I talk about this in the spoiler episode from last week. Um, because yeah, that was a big change that it's really too bad. And I get it. Um, but I, mean, I do too. Yeah. I yeah, I wasn't too upset, but in, when it happened, like initially, I was like, then well, and then uh what is it? Fucking Matt. The same thing. And I was like, okay, mm-hmm. dude, this is like I feel like this is like I'm you not will mad about it, find like, out yeah. in another chapter or another page, parent two. So there's a whole, it's just keep read and find out. I don't want to adjust too much into book spoilers. No, no, that's fine. Yeah. So back to the episode, because this episode started off like a fucking the finale of any number of Game of Thrones seasons. It was the assault on Gerlin. It was this Gildon. Dude, sorry. Gildon. Sorry. I'm going to correct you though. No, please do. <laughs> With love, but I'm doing yeah, it. Yeah, that's fine. Because you only see the name like at the very beginning or whatever. Yeah, it's Gildon, which is also the place that they talked about in episode one in the wine spring end after everyone leaves and they're cleaning up and, and um, Egwene and Rand's parents are talking about it. And then like, we're in Gildon. Who gives a shit? And, and that's when oh, Matt yeah. says, who cares? Who cares what's happening in Gildon? Yeah. That's what they're talking about. So okay. I, miss, I missed that then. In the first episode, I must yeah, have I'm totally gonna have to go back that part of them talking about the war because yeah, that's what I loved about this episode was they opened with that, and I was like, "But wait, did they ever talk about it before?" See, now I need I now I am gonna go back and watch that now because I I feel like I need to I need to re-explore that. Um, and I said this to Lindsay. First of all, I made the mistake of watching the episode and texting Lindsay at the same time. I loved it. Please do it every week. I did too. Let's have a watch party on Amazon on Thursday. Oh my God. <laughs> dude, I like, dude, honestly, like my number one thing that I want to know, and I, Moraine, it, this isn't a spoiler for the book because Moraine explains this later on in the episode. Um, I love that they can't see each other's channeling, but I want to know. If like Rand rolled up on Logan, could he see the corrupted weave? Like, would it be corrupted to him? So, okay, let's hypoth- let's use. Well, no, we can explain this. This is all like they are trying to explain this to us. Um, no, like, w- w- sorry, women won't be able to. No, but men who can channel. Like if we take like the dude who got gentled in episode one in the beginning that Leander yeah. gentled out on the road like a fucking. I'm also glad that they bitch. finally explained what that's called. Yes, and it's this is why I'm like with with everyone who the first few episodes is like I don't get it, I don't get it. I'm like just just hang on, like it would be insufferable if they tried to explain all this to you in one episode. That's oh, what I'm our sure. primer yeah. episodes for. I'm like everyone just chill, like it's coming. But uh, I mean, and you and you guys and Ben, who's finished the first book, can attest. Like, this is not shit that gets explained in book one. So they're doing a really good job of bringing as much of the world building and the lore in forward. But suffice to say, that dude who they gentled in the beginning, if he saw Loghain channeling, absolutely. They're both two men who can channel. They would be able to see the corruption, which is just looks mm, fucking chef's kiss. The way you can see dude, the, the it looks clean so good. underneath it. 
yeah but the dirt on top like it's it's just the way that they describe it in the books it's described as like an oily film on top of this yeah. like clear beautiful thing honestly you may not get that i don't actually know if i've ever talked to you about this ben you may get this because i don't know if you and i have ever talked about this but um it reminded me if anybody's played destiny or destiny 2 it reminded me of the taken yeah the taken were yeah like my favorite part of the first game the taken king was one of the best the taken king was so good dude yeah but that's exactly what it was it was like this like black white fire and it just kind of like and i love that he just like uses it without motion i thought that was like it was a really nice change from Moraine doing her like dance and hand motions and stuff. It also kind of like, I was like, dude, this guy is not to be fucked with. Like if he's making uh-huh. almost no motion and he's doing all this shit, that's wild. So allow me to contextualize the motion thing. A lot of people out there are asking about this. I don't yes, think please. this is not spoilery. This is just sort of setting up the world. What they explain in the books um, <clears throat> with the motion is that once you learn a weave, it's kind of impossible to ever do it a different way. And if you learn that weave in a way that involves a hand motion, then it's kind of impossible to do it without it. Now, this doesn't mean you can't channel without your hands. Like, I still don't love that if that's the explanation of how the white... Oh, for one Valda took her hands? Yeah, Yeah. I don't love that. I still don't love it. But canonically, if you learn to do something with using your hands, like the way that they all link and they cross their arms and do like a Wakanda forever, if they all learn to do it, then there it is. And one of the things they specifically call out in the books is that you can often tell which Aes Sedai another Aes Sedai was taught by based on how she does it. So mm-hmm. there's it there's like continuity in that and I but I think it's really cool the way that like they just they're such fucking nerds making this show they just get it because Loghain wasn't taught by the tower and this whole you know all of their bullshit that we'll come to see a lot more of I think next week and he kind of taught himself because there's no one out there to teach dudes so yeah it, he does it very very differently and it looks oh, dope I actually love that it's like a mystical version of muscle memory yeah, yeah that's actually really cool exactly like it's it's just like that so that's the explanation there and I love it so I guess should we just start with the Aes Sedai like, let's just go with that as our, because we're going to kind of talk about the three different plot lines and then um, Nynaeve is going to get her separate. Oh, <laughs> yeah, dude, we should just give her her own episode. Well, I'm making a brand new podcast just for Nynaeve. <laughs> that makes me so fucking happy. This is actually my last episode with you guys. I'm just moving over oh to gosh. Nynaeve now. <laughs> we could just change the name. Yeah, just change it. So right. let's let's save Nynaeve for the end yeah. because of just she just deserves that place of honor. But let's start with some some good old Aes Sedai scheming. Um, I fucking love everything about this whole episode. I love seeing the Red Aja breaking rules all over the place. Oh yeah, dude. Okay. Oh, there's so many things I want to say, and I just realized I can't say them because. Unfortunately, I am very good at putting things together and your bonus episode title and this episode explained a lot of shit. I told you not to read it. I've put up spoiler warnings all over. No, it. I didn't. I didn't read anything. I just well, saw the title you... of the episode. I have to look when I check analytics. It shows me the titles of the episodes. It says spoilers. Fine. But <laughs> I, yeah, I know. I know some shit now. 
and I'm yes, so you do. fucking excited. But this is so unimportant, but I feel like because I brought it up in the last episode, I have to bring this up in this episode. There's another chick whose face looks just like Leandrin's. Like, weirdly puffy. I On the show? On the show, yeah. So when you first introduced to the camp, when Nynaeve is, like, looking around and shit, there's the four uh, reds show up. It's one girl, this girl I'm talking about, and then Leandrin, and then another girl. And in my mind, I was like, wait a minute, this has to be, like, a choice. I think this is just full-on, like, cheekbone skeletal structure coincidence because i didn't notice it and honestly i her makeup was better in this episode it was way better in this one yeah plus she was in a cave half the episode so you know well and i just i really love the way that they did tie it together with everything we saw in episode one with like because when book readers saw that we were like yo i call fucking shenanigans you cannot just gentle dudes out in the middle of nowhere. That's why they have to cart Loghain off to the fucking tower. And like, that is not cool. The Amarlin's going to throw a fucking shit fit. And we weren't sure if this was a change or if it was going to get explained later. And lo and behold, here it is. Like, they are not supposed to be doing that. Um, and it's very, very cool the way they brought that in. It's super book accurate because um, they are out there doing that. And it is not okay. And I love that they're setting that up, that Leandrin's just out there breaking fucking rules. Like, she doesn't give a shit what Swan Sanche wants, who's the Amarlin seat, who's in charge of the Aes Sedai. Um, and I really love the way that she, like, she wanted Loghain to get out, even though I don't think that she intentionally let down her shield. I think that Loghain was just playing with them the whole time. Oh, I think he was, too. Absolutely. He was, he was, <laughs> dude, <laughs> this is how bad the internet has ruined me. As soon as she like gasped and looked over and his shield came down. The only thing that came to my mind was my body is ready. And I was like, dude, this is so <laughs> fucking great, but it was awesome. Yeah. I don't think she, I, I don't know enough, but I know enough of what I've seen so far to know that I don't, it would not be crazy to me. Like I wouldn't be shocked if she was like, I let my guard down later on, but it also was like, done in a way where she totally could have just been completely caught off guard. I think he schooled them. Ben, what did you think? I think it was pretty obvious that he was toying with them. He was kind of yeah, biding his time there. And when he breaks out, it's full on like a over 9,000 moment where yeah. they, they clearly underestimated there. him and thought yeah. that they had the upper hand. I think Otherwise, so. And I, I, I like. I don't think they would have had that line about, you know, it takes two people to hold him, and this is just like a fraction of his power or something or whatever the line was. I think I it did. speaks to the Aes Sedai arrogance, which is a I, thing. Th so that's what I was gonna say. I did like that. It very much shows, at least for the Reds, um, that they are they feel infallible they feel like the the ultimate power and the reds kind of strike me as the white cloaks of the Aes Sedai. they strike me yeah. as like religious purists they are the biggest zealots of the Aes Sedai for show they yeah. are like not... definitely especially what we saw with leandrin in this episode they are like supremely overconfident in their abilities too like i think part of her 
probably was hoping that he really was the dragon reborn just so oh, he yeah. could be like could i took away. down the dragon reborn yeah because yeah, she would have done it too and i think it's important to note that moraine and alana or is she talking to uh the other one um corinne or corinne yeah, whichever right? yeah and they were like what if what if we need the dragon but we let the reds gentle him and I'm like, oh, ding, ding, ding. What I if indeed? You at that exact part where you could like, it's very subtle, but you can see Moraine look up like smut, like a uh, kind of like in a wait, what? Yeah, like, and hold on to that. Definitely, let's all hold on to that moment going into episode five of like how Moraine feels about that idea and who's bringing that up. And like, one of the things they're doing really well here as an adaptation is like, like I'll point out almost nothing in this episode is directly from the book and it is by far and away everybody's favorite episode especially the book fans like because they're adapting it fucking brilliantly and this is a great example of that of like let's point out an important concept <laughs> like, let's bring this up to everyone yeah. what if this is an important person and we let this whole group of crazy bitches kill him because <laughs> that's what is like on track to happen. Like they're watching what could happen to the actual dragon and they would be to be clear fucked. Okay. Right? So I'm glad that you brought that up because I do have a question about that. The dragon is just the chosen one of this series. There yeah, see, now any... somebody wants all the primer background. Go ahead. No, Go no, ahead. No. That's not <laughs> what I mean. I just like, so when the is there anything like he's not touched by the creator or anything right he just will be born insanely powerful right that actually well ben you go ahead reborn sort of like super powerful the dragon reborn is loose theron's soul like being reborn or reincarnated okay. and loose theron was the most powerful channeler like ever and in his reborn form, he is prophesized to be even more powerful than he was before. So, but the, to your question though, of like, is he touched by the creator? Kinda. It depends on how you interpret, like not directly. The creator doesn't intervene directly. No, and but, I figured that much. Um, but in terms of two things, one being like the access to the power is kind it's like you're channeling the power from the creator like so in a way you do have that connection the more strongly mm -hmm. you channel but that's sort of you know ethereal um in a more concrete way all i will say is in episode one moraine says let's go to the two rivers there are four people there we're hearing rumors of four taviran and just hold on to that because it they because we know that at least four of them, we can assume the three boys and Egwene, maybe it's Nynaeve. I we assume it's the three boys and Egwene right now. She says the, there's four of them who are Taviran, and their Taviran nature does tie them more directly to the pattern. And I'll leave it at that because they're gonna explain this and it and it matters and it'll answer your question much more robustly. Okay. I'll explain it when Homeboy Loyal shows up. Oh, fucking next week, man. I'm pretty sure. So that kind of like leads into part two of my question. If he is, and that actually answered this, I just want to put this out there as a question in general. If he is the reincarnated soul of the guy who broke the world, 
has no see i can't ask that i can't ask that damn it okay so just to be clear it's the reincarnated soul of the leader of the group of men who that broke the world who know Oh. They, they, yes, and right. They, it's a group of men led by Luce Theron, male Aes Sedai, who tried to seal away the Dark One, who they inadvertently left out, let out. Right? They let him out, and they were like, "Oh fuck, well, let's fix it. We'll go patch it up." Right? In doing so, they did seal the Creator away. They also had like a kickback effect, and it tainted Sidene, the male side of the source, because the girls didn't show for this. They were like, "That sounds like a fucking bad idea." We're not helping, fuck you. So it was the men alone. They had this kickback that destroyed the source. And then all men who could channel then and forever went insane. And they collectively, over hundreds of years, destroyed the world. Okay. Does that make better sense? Yes. So now I don't need to ask my question. Okay. Like, so those that's the... the I'm getting really good at summarizing that. <laughs> yes, you are. Because, well, so, like, I forgot at the beginning of the the prologue, the dude is talking to, what's his name? Louis Theron? Louis Theron. Louis Theron. Um, and that dude is, like, batshit gone already. So, like, that, yeah, I was, okay. So, all right. that Exactly. So, listen to the primer, because it's going to explain a lot more of this. And I don't want to spend too long on it for listeners, because yeah. we did, like, go through it. But while we're talking about the madness... Um, one of the really cool things that I loved was the way that was shown with Loghain in this episode. Yeah. Like with the two over his shoulder. Yeah. And something that I thought was interesting, and this is me speculating. I do not know the answer to this. Um, but the fact that he has like two different souls, like the dragon, the way that I interpret it is like, would have like one person. Like that's like oh, that yeah. soul is brought back over and over again. And I just, I don't know. I just feel like there wouldn't be multiple. Like that to me was a hint that he's not, that Loghain isn't the dragon. Well, no. And you see that with Moiraine when she's talking with him, like the moment yeah. he says, I Oh yeah. Hear, I can hear the voices of a thousand dragons that came before me. Like she smiles she's like, mm. because she's like, I know it's not you. Bro, verbatim, that's almost exactly what I said to Lindsay when I was watching this. I was like, oh, dude, the first sentence he said, she's like, you're not it. Yeah, basically. You're not that guy, pal. You're not that, you're not my buddy guy. Why Moiraine is like still my favorite character, like in the books where I'm at and in the show. She was awesome. And I like the other question that I really think is open ended here is like, are those even your actual past lives or are you just fucking batshit? Or is it like, so, is it all kind of one in the same? You know what I mean? Like, that's not necessarily actually your past life. You could just be fucking crazy. I didn't even think of that. Yeah, there's a whole possibility that you're just fucking nuts. Like, and. Like, I did not even think or catch that. I just like zeroed in on Moiraine, like, you know, firmly knowing that you're not it at that point. And I didn't even think about that. Like, that's actually no. a really interesting question. I yeah, think because... it's someone playing Loghain like a fiddle. Oh, yeah? You think yeah. someone's like setting this up for him like a bad and guy? The, I'll tell you why uh, I think this. There's two people and two different voices saying the same thing is just a form of reinforcement 
oh my god, I'm sorry. Uh, it's just a form <laughs> of reinforcement. But if I were like the dark one or a lieutenant of the dark one, I would want to manipulate someone in a way that made them feel like they were still the one in control. So having that like reinforcement from multiple voices really coming from a singular source just makes sense to me. So I, love, I, feel, I love it. I feel like someone's playing him. I love the speculation. Well, and it wouldn't matter now, right? Cause now he can't channel. He just got fucked. Bro, I cannot believe by the end of that episode, I genuinely felt bad for him. I actually mm -hmm. was like watching him cry in the cave, and I was just like, dude. Yeah, the teardrop made me yeah. feel bad for him, but I'm personally not convinced that's the end of him. Dude, I felt bad for him the whole time. Um, I like Logan a lot, and that's all, all I'll say. One thing that I will say about him and that I appreciated about like seeing the actual war at the start of the episode was that it actually adds context to his character. Oh, yeah. Because the book yeah. like totally makes him out to be like almost like a, a crazy warmonger from like all the conversations. That they yeah. Have. But... You no, know, it's like the I think that they'll get more into it as we go, you know, because there's this whole like everybody knows that everyone's just like waiting for the dragon to be reborn. And every so often someone will be yeah, able she to said there's been pretenders. And, yeah. yeah. Nah, and like now there's more. All like, that. But it's like I just I loved that he turned the king to his side. Oh, yeah. Well, with yeah. He's like yeah. he was like he was like, I can destroy you. I can destroy everything. But I'm giving you the choice to help. And he because died. I can, I want to restore the world. Well, and part of what the dragon is supposed to do, like all things in a perfect world, right? The dragon is supposed to be able to like unite the world to fight the dark one in the last battle, right? Um, Alana talks about it, the battleaja, the way she says that was just goosebumps. Um, and that the the whole thing is that he's going to come and like he could unite the world and save it or turn against it. And ideally, he's going to bring everyone together to fight the Dark One in the last battle. Like, hopefully that's what's going to happen. Or he could go insane and fucking kill everybody. And, and it's just like anything with any power, you can save the world or you can destroy it. <laughs> yeah. And so absolutely, yeah, it makes different. sense to see him doing that. Right. Like, try like that Loghain, like, honest, if he were the dragon, Loghain is like trying to do the right thing and again i want to point out that he he notes that the he point of the wheel the right, right but that when he says that um you know the wheel turns so that we can learn and do better and maureen says the wheel doesn't want and it's like a river yeah that was fucking dope i love the alliteration in this episode super important concepts there about the wheel and and choice and doing better and yeah and all of those things and like well oh, fucking logan but yeah, he really like I feel like he wanted to do the right thing. And uh, and we will talk about this in a little bit. But we heard in Tom's story about his nephew. Um, what what happens when you get cut off? Right. When you get gentled. So it's not great. right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. It basically. Yeah. Well, yeah, that, dude, says that his that nephew so slit crazy. his own throat. Yeah, and he did it like it was nothing. That was cool. Wait, Scott hasn't watched the Primer episode, right? No, no. I haven't listened to it either. <laughs> Why don't you briefly explain the uh, the alliteration there, Lindsay? 
which alliteration are we are we are we understanding the definition of that word or i don't know what i'm trying to say but basically <laughs> i'm like no guys alliteration is when you have two words that start with the same letter what are no, we trying to say yes, no. love me to school you with losing with these losers in las vegas <laughs> if that would be alliteration I'm tired um go ahead benjamina gun I... sorry that's a real character i wasn't Crazy. give me a second here castration that's what i'm thinking ah, of. thank you yes yes it it is very much um and now i'm blanking on what the actual word is for that so sorry literary people um but yes oh. it's kind of not quite a euphemism but a, Scott, edit this whole shit, will you? I'm gonna. I'm like, to take all this garbage out. No, yes. this is staying because this is fun for me to listen to. <laughs> Jesus, no, it is. Um, it is very much an allusion to castration. So it's being so embracing the source is is compared to achieving orgasm, and that's all I'll say. Listen to the primer. I don't want to repeat us ourselves too bad, but no, that's fine. Yeah. But it is for men and women. It's like women have to surrender and like let the river take them, and like men have to like seize control, and like it's all. And so being severed from the source, it's described as like you can always still see it, you can still sense it, but you'll never be able to touch it because yeah. in this, it's not like Harry Potter where you just are always ready to do a spell. Uh, you have to embrace the source, which in itself you have to learn how to do, how to touch it, how to like get in, like in go mode, then you can do a spell. So it just never allows you to actually get into go mode, but you can still see it. So it's like edging forever, basically. So um, it's here's rough. what's really interesting about that. And again, this is my, my knowledge base has to like guide me through this based on like context clues from the book. It's very similar to anybody that's played <clears throat> uh, Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic 2, the Sith Lords. In order to survive this massive weapon of, like, destruction that basically tore an entire planet apart, the main character had to cut themselves off from the Force, and it eventually created this wound in their Force where all they did was feed on the Force energy around them but it was never enough so i kind of akin that to like being at a dinner table and never being able to touch the food yeah it's a lot it's like that exactly you're aware of it you can still sense it there yeah. but you'll just never be able to touch it again and it's it's not great and yeah tom's nephew straight slit his throat so we're going to see what happens to Logan, and i suspect we'll learn a lot more about what happens when you're cut off because this can happen to women too so yeah and they all i thought it was really cool too or not i don't know cool but i thought it was interesting that even though they weren't reds they all knew how to do the sever oh yeah that everybody knows how to gentle a dude yeah everybody knows that weave because again it's there's a different word for it when they do it to women um but that can happen that is that is a thing that can happen as punishment so like that exists that was actually one of my favorite parts of the episode because Moiraine was one of the ones that was like, and Karene were both like, we have, we adhere to rules for a reason and he deserves a trial just like anyone else. But the moment 
she dies, it's like, that's why I love how pragmatic Moraine is. She's like fully on board with, you know, just doing it. Oh, yeah, because nobody's trying to die. And they all are terrified of men who can channel. That's something I think the show will be like working to get across a little better. I think they did it great this episode, but people Mm -hmm. aren't like horrified by that idea. Um, Oh, they were all definitely walking on eggshells with him being there. Yeah, everybody was like freaking out, except for the dude. This is like another one of my favorite parts, except for the warders. Now, let's talk about the warders. Dude, I love, first of all, I love the Thrupple warders. Those it's dudes were so thing. fucking funny. And they were, the, it honestly, of all of them, they felt the most real. Because they were just like, yeah, that's the world we live in. That's, you know, here we are. I'll I'll point out that there's also a really great Thrupple on Gossip Girl right now. And just like, that's, I'm just yeah, I know, getting Max, so much out of this. Yeah, oh Augie. god, I love, yeah. I love that you I know that. that know How the name. fuck do you know that? Yeah, <laughs> my girlfriend, man. <laughs> they're awesome um the warders were awesomer i really loved this and they're making the said i so three-dimensional like it's mm-hmm. i love the way that they brought this because like i say none of this shit's in the book um it all makes sense it's all like like Logan's a character who the reds did capture and bring across we're just not on that journey with them and i love that we brought this in so that we can like slowly trickle in the ajas because now we've got three right three, so we've, yeah. we kind of all have a good idea of like red blue and green we've like we get it so now we'll be ready when we get the rest of them next week and uh just how different they all are the reds are so different from the greens and you can tell moraine is like on doing her own thing like you can tell the blues are like a whole separate and yeah that's the way leandrin like described her was she's like a self-serving spy kind of yeah and we know that they said that Amarlin seat wants to talk to her she was like she almost like brought you and Rand or you and Lan in I'm like I'm like yeah <laughs> like because they're oh, yeah. so I can't wait to see them deal with the Amarlin and I just I really like you know they're making it clear that it's really different like Moraine and Lan's relationship is really different than Alana's relationship with her warders like I think that's clear now right like that they're not they're not fucking oh yeah except the dude that followed Alana when Nynaeve asked didn't really say anything, but kind of like grinned at her like, yo, yeah, they fuck. Oh, yeah. No, they definitely do. <clears throat> Alana. Yeah. Alana. Yeah. The Greens, like that's kind of what they're known for. The Greens are kind of the only ones to keep more than one warder at a time for the most part. Not It's not a rule, but that's just sort of usually what happens. Mm-hmm. Um. But I, I loved, I loved the thruple and I love Nynaeve like drinking around the fire with the warders. Yeah, like that, that totally cool. makes sense. <laughs> so and uh, or go ahead. This actually brought up another question for me. Can can there be women warders? That's a great question. Um, there has never been a woman warder. Crazy. Mm-hmm. It's always men. Okay. Okay. Good to know. Yeah. I feel like he just crushed his hopes and dreams there. No, I just like it makes <laughs> sense because it's like it's this structure and it's this order and it's the women who like control the power and they need to be protected. I just was wondering if it was one of those things where it's like you failed to be an Aes Sedai, but you can still like protect an Aes Sedai because you know like what's going on. <laughs> I think it won't be it at, at the pace of world building and expansion that we're going. I don't think it will be long before you find out exactly what happens when you don't make it as an Aes Sedai. God damn it. 
<laughs> By the way, we have seen four uh, Ajas. By the way, what's the, fourth? We've seen the gold or brown or whatever. Yeah, that the one that was burned. It's the chick. Days? Yeah, it was the oh, one. Oh, we saw a yellow. Top. We saw yellow. a yellow. Um, yeah. we did see a yellow. You're right. And super fun Easter egg that I enjoyed a lot. Um, Nynaeve, while she was wearing a very confusing green jacket, which I really feel like was just why. I don't know what that is. Yeah. Well, she's just in a sea of green Aja. It was just in the way they're color coding the Aes Sedai, which I support. Mm -hmm. I'm like, please, God, I wish the books did that. Oh, yeah. But, uh, you know, she's while she was wearing on. a green coat, she had a yellow dress on underneath. Um, and the yellow Aja are healers. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up. Nope. Are you serious? Yeah. I fucking love this show. I I know because Rafe Judkins is knows what he's doing. Like there, it's it's just so good. All the little Easter eggs. The the best one was Brigitte, but we'll get no, there. No, don't talk about that because <laughs> that's the best. She's the best. I love need that. you guys to understand my absolute love, dude. And I literally Can we move I on got... to this storyline. Moving to yes. Matt and and Rand. I... Yes. <clears throat> First of all, before we do that, and I feel like those need to be the last three things we talk about. Nynaeve um, are and Lan. Nynaeve and Matt and Ran. Um, this episode for Perrin and Egwene was so boring. I understand that there were like life lessons and stuff for Perrin to go through and stuff. And I and I said this to Lindsay because I was very unkind to Perrin in the first three episodes. Um, yeah, you need to rewatch. I've the more the more I think about it, the oh. more I think you just need to rewatch because I'm like, Perrin's been great from moment one. I know. Um, I I don't think or I think Perrin meeting the Tinkers and hearing the story about the lady's daughter is going to be a lot more important than he like is like acknowledging right now because he can get vengeance. He can live that life and she is actively choosing not to. And he very clearly does not agree with what better vengeance on death than life. He's like, no, nope, that's dumb. He does and not he's agree also with that at all. Carrying the weight of the fact that, like, vengeance on the Trollocs, yes, and he's the one By who swung himself. the axe. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, and we can say that was not Perrin's fault. No, but not at all. Perrin clearly so can't. Like, I don't yeah. know how just like going on peacefully with his life is like vengeance on himself. You know, I can see how that is like not tracking with Perrin. Yeah. And I think. As far as it being boring this week, I actually loved it because it didn't last for very long. Like it didn't bore yeah. me because all we got out of it were some no, really just... important beats for Perrin. Plus what I will explain to be, I think, an important beat for Egwene. And this episode was written by a Game of Thrones writer. And I think it shows in a really positive way because a lot of the best episodes of Game of Thrones would have like the bigger exciting things like what we had with the Aes Sedai um, and also some quiet moments so that you still got all of your cast, but there's not always yeah. room for everybody to have a big adventure. And I think well, that no, that's they, what I meant. I, I used great. boring in the wrong way. I, yeah, in, I a good, mean, in a good way. It was quiet. Yeah, in a it good way. Like, yeah, exactly. In comparison to what everything else was happening, like, holy shit. 
shit, dude. They had the most lukewarm vanilla day compared to Matt and Rand. And they're Rand. chilling right now. They had a nice. They're having a nice time with the Tinkers. Um, yeah. But you know, what did you call it? Rumspringa. <laughs> Tinker Rumspringa. That's a great concept. I absolutely love this. Um, as a new inclusion in the show, which it is, the concept of Tinker Rumspringa. Yeah. <laughs> Where they get to take a year off or whatever when they're 20 and decide whether and they want to come back. Yeah. They want to come back to yeah. the caravan. And I think um, I'll talk about it more. In the, I'll talk about I will I will talk about this in its implications in the spoiler episode to listeners. Let's just leave it at that. Um, as well as other wide sweeping implications of the conversation that Perrin had. We'll deep dive that in the spoiler episode on later this week. But yeah, I really liked, I mean, Perrin's whole thing. I mean, it's like, what's her name? Whose name I don't recall, but she's great. She's fantastic. The tinker woman. She, Isla. what is it? Isla. <laughs> Thank you. And I, um, I, I've committed I her to that. memory because she, for anyone that watched orphan black, she was she's red on there for a while yeah yeah the actress is incredible like she was she's so she good an amazing amazing actress and if you haven't watched orphan black watch it Lindsay. she is one of the best parts of that show i have to put that on the list because i know that i'm supposed to have seen that but isla she can have no like remember Perrin and Egwene are saying they're from fucking white bridge and the uh, the tinkers are looking at her like uh huh. Oh, yeah, like, sure. like sure, sure. Right. They haven't told them shit. So Isla has no reason to understand that Perrin can't choose the way of the leaf. But Perrin, part of the like the conflict that's so obvious on his face is that like he knows they're being chased. And to be clear, the way of the leaf does not allow for killing Trollocs any more than people. Like this is like yeah. So Perrin knows he could be the fucking dragon reborn. He's having this all this weird shit going on with the wolves. He knows something's up. He knows he's on the table for dragon. He, the way of the leaf is very unlikely to be an option for someone who has to either destroy or save the world, depending on how insane they go. So all of this is kind of like, sounds great, but parents like, in no way can I choose that. Like, it's not even an option. Yeah, that's fair. I really liked it. I liked the anguish on his face of just knowing that like, man, lady, there's no fucking way I can do that. That's cute, but you have no idea. Yeah. And I think that was, I think that was important to show like, yeah, like they may be having a good time right now, but Perrin has real shit that he just can't be like, well, I'll just let the wheel turn and deal with it. And she also says, you know, were you, were you happier before you picked up the axe, right? And she does call out the axe. Yeah. And obviously he's not. And I think it's like, I think that the way of the leaf is something that Perrin would very much like to choose. Mm -hmm. And his life sucks asshole right now. And I think they used the time that they had with them great because that's all so important for Perrin's character. They're nailing Perrin. They're nailing um, everybody. Just for the record, they're nailing everybody. I, just, I love that whole conversation. You'd see like the anguish in his face like it's, it's it's a pipe dream at this point for him to be like i can you know step back or you know let the wheel do its thing or let life go the way that it will but 
same time as like I know I'm actively being hunted. There's no fucking way. Yeah, and I he'd... think I think what you said, Scott, is also correct. Like I think there's two things happening at the same time. Like there's all of that, and then it's like you said too. Like he doesn't really buy that as a motive revenge. He knows that that's not enough. He knows there's like bad shit happening. And that sitting back is not okay. And I don't think that he would be okay to do that. I don't think Perrin would sit out the last battle if he was given the chance. If Morin came to him and said, you're not the dragon, JK, you can go home. It's all good. Like, go do whatever you want through the last battle. I don't think that Perrin would choose that. So I think it's a little bit of both. There's a lot of conflict for him. And they're doing such a good job of getting it across with so little time. And it's just so well done. Yeah, that's... I feel like we're not doing anything with a queen right now, except for her awesome nugget of observation about how maybe this is the song and you guys have already found it. Loved that. Um, I'm loving her and Aram. I think I'll, I'll say what I think Egwene gets out of this, um, this episode. She has some fun with mm-hmm. new people, which is yeah. not something that she's ever done. And they do have a light episode, right? They're not in peril right now. So, like, she gets to, like, dance with a boy she didn't know. And, like, she's been with Rand since they were, like, four, right? Like, she's, like, getting to kind of see a little bit of what's out there in the world. And I think they're them looking up at the stars as, like, very symbolic of that. Like, she's getting to see the wider world for the first time and likes it. And... Mm-hmm. It's maybe not the expectation for someone who is like forced to leave the two rivers and like all anybody's talked about is going home. <laughs> and Egwene's like, true, actually, yeah. this could be kind of nice. And she's thinking about Rand for sure and like and her greater mission and what's ahead of her. And I think we just see some of Egwene's kind of optimism and her sense of adventure, which are big parts of her character. And I think that that came out a little in this episode. But is that my bias because I know the character? Yes. That's too bad. No, I don't care. Um, that's fine. <laughs> Be biased. Like I'm, that's how I am with Star Wars. That's how I am. Well, I just mean like, before. did that did that come across at all, or am I just oh, reading yeah. into that? Okay. No, it totally did. Yeah, and it. You're right. Like the the fir- the episodes don't really do a good job of explaining. Like these kids are naive. Like they don't know the world. I think that's being really underplayed. And- yeah. And it's a it's a bummer. That's one of my my few things that I'm like, this could be done better is their naivete. They're doing right. okay though. Like we saw them have like no fucking idea what to do to to say to the tinkers. They obviously oh, don't yeah. know anything about the tinkers. Um Rand seems to be doing great though. Oh, Rand and Matt Rand seem to know how to get around. Yeah. yeah. Also Nynaeve, like just for the record, like Nynaeve like got herself through Wilderland alone to them and like stalked Rand through the wood or land through the woods and like Yeah, which she still is not telling how <laughs> so, she did that. But all the other warders were like, Whoa, what? Yeah, Nynaeve is just anyway, we do have we will save her. But yeah, apart from Nynaeve, um most of them, you know, Matt's being a bit of an idiot, he got robbed. You know, they're doing it a little. And it's now just he's like best not friends great. with the robber. Yeah. <laughs> so let's let's talk about them. Um, because holy shit, was this your guys' favorite? I knew you guys would right. love this this series because you're such horror fans. I dude, seriously, the whole whispering thing and then vomiting up the black. Yeah. I was like, oh, finally we're seeing some repercussions from touching this dagger. And I love 
the idea that his greed spreads the evil that killed that city. I love yeah. that that like imagery that like he is dooming other people. Oh, I see. Like by having something. taken the dagger, by and having greed, taking it, like dude, he's what, spreading if, the sickness. Yes, exactly. Like he vomited all over their trough, and then like, what if the black spreads all over that? And then like the animals eat it, or like the animals die from the black, or the black spreads to the house, or whatever. Obviously, we know that didn't happen because way cooler shit did. Um, <laughs> but but you're right. Like there's there's no reason to believe at this point that that couldn't help to create another Shatter Logoth, right? Yeah, we don't exactly. know. Um, no whistling though. I noticed in this episode. Did we talk about that? I did I talk with you about that? It might have been with Ben. I don't remember that. That might have been talking to myself um, <laughs> in the spoiler episode. No, but it's not a spoiler. It's a thing that's happening in the show. I just discussed it in the spoiler episode. In the first episode, we see the fade in the street or whatever at night. And yeah. we hear a whistle. Like oh, a yeah. tune, And then it flips to Pat and Fane, the peddler, whistling. And it's, he's whistling that tune. And we you hear that whistle in Shatter Logoth when Matt sees the shadow before he goes to the knife. Just but just show canon. Just what's happening in the show. Just what they showed us. Dude, I just got so much more excited. Holy fuck. I know. <laughs> I want to know more about this peddler. I know. Hey, no, you did. I think you were texting me about that. I remember that now. Yeah, I had to go back, but it's 100% there. And I've been trying to hear it. I didn't catch any in episode three, and I didn't catch any this week. But my ears are open for more whistling. Um, what we well, did. Well, no, I'm going to be too, yeah. Yeah, like go back and listen to that. It's probably on YouTube somewhere now. Um, but I like how Matt calls out, uh, Matt and Rand call out the fact that the Dark Friends are looking for five kids, not four. So we know yeah. we've got a discrepancy. Moraine mentions it earlier in the episode um, that, you know, maybe the Dark Friends don't actually know. Maybe the Dark One doesn't know. It's like nobody really mm -hmm. knows what anybody knows. No one has any clue what's going on, really, is kind of what it feels like. You know, we need to, uh, <laughs> no. I mean, it also felt like no <laughs> one knew until Nanny had her little Super Saiyan moment there. Oh my God, dude. Yeah. I swear to God, Ben, <laughs> that's exactly what I'm, we'll get to it. That's what everybody's through, calling it. You guys are not alone. We're going to get there. We got to save Nynaeve. So, so we got that. We're assuming Nynaeve is the fifth, not Loghain, which I think was also kind of bandied as a possibility, but I think that that's that case is not solved yet i i, I think there's more to know. it but i don't think he is one of them i i also don't think oh, it's totally not Logan. he's gentle yeah. it's not Logan. the pattern wouldn't that's not that's not what happened it's not Logan. i can tell you oh that. okay um, <laughs> they're telling us it's not Logan because he's gentle it's like what moraine said with the, the with the guy in the first episode it's not a spoiler or anything it's like he was gentle and she's like it's not him and Lan's like, it could be. It's all of these things. And she's like, it's not. Um, because it's not because there's prophecies to fulfill. Oh, it's not yeah. gentled in the first four episodes. I can tell you. Yeah, Moraine has told us that. Um, but I do think that that's still not a closed case. I think it could be naive, and I think that we could get more options for who it could be. I think I'm just trying to be the left-handed kid at the right-handed table, which I am always anyway, but I don't think Nynaeve is the fifth. 
She's too old. And Moraine has spent no further time on her. Well, Moraine also, like, kind of just saw what the situation was. And, like, but I agree. The reason I don't think she's the fifth is that, like, this was a question that my non-reader friends asked me, like, before I even saw the episode. I was getting texts, like, what is with the the 5-4 issue, right, from the first three episodes? Right. And I was like, oh, it's it'll be something that like it should be obvious and people just sort of like skipped it and didn't get it for a hot second but like it'll be clear and now i'm like no the more that they drag this on and like the characters keep talking about it this is supposed to be a mystery for us it's not just like a lack of clarity for new watchers which is what i assumed when i first saw it i was like oh it's naive obviously like even in episode one i was like it's naive but now i'm like no this is actually a mystery they're gonna tell us when it's solved it won't be ambiguous yeah that doesn't mean they won't confirm that it's naive in the next episode, but I no, I don't think they will. I think we'll move because of her big episode this week. I don't think we'll see much with her next week. I actually I think, we'll think focus more on Aguin and Perrin next week. I agree. Um, I also think that if it is somebody else other than Nynaeve, I think I might know who it is, and it would be dope. Have we met them already? No. Okay, then I think I know. Is it is it my favorite character I always talk to you about? No. Well, that's just disappointing. You'll see. She's not in this season. She'll be here next. She'll be here next season. So that, and and for the rest of the show, don't worry. She. I know exactly who you're talking about. She'll be around for a long ass time. Um. Okay, so after Tom's like horrifying story about his nephew, though, this like let's talk about Rand. Rand. Yeah some fucking decisions to make yes i think him jumping in front of tom and basically first of all him calling out that the farmer wasn't knocking the bow correctly to shoot it was badass mm-hmm. like, like random does, doesn't yeah. seem that na- naive no, you know he, he honestly seems so much more worldly in the last like two episodes than he did at the beginning which is like it's crazy to me to see because before he's like sick and stuff matt is still very clearly just focused on getting the fuck out of there like he still just wants to go home and yeah. i think i think we need to get past that i agree and i'll comment further after like episode six i feel like i want to see what happens here yeah um, cause I, he's got the girls to think about, right. And we see how he is with kids and like Matt with kids. I swear, yeah. swear to God, <sighs> he's such a bad influence. I love Matt so much. He's like my favorite character in fiction. You guys, I can't wait to see this continue <laughs> forward. Like I'm like, Oh, trust me, Matt's the best, but, Ryan, um, <laughs> I've told you a ton how I think he's much more likable in this show than he was in the first book but this episode like almost broke my heart when you think for a second that he he did you know what near the end of the episode that he did what you'd say with the farmers spoilers oh that he killed them yeah like when you think wait you you walk in there and it's like for a second it makes it look like he did it and i'm like oh man oh i was dude I I I I could do with like 
the parents and everything. But I was like, please tell me he did not kill the kid. Dude, I thought he killed the parents. Like when they walked in, the, like I, for that second, it totally had me. And I was yelling at the TV because I was watching on my own, right? And I was like, I was like, oh, so it's like that. Oh, That's I how was, we're going to do I this. I was what about ready fuck? to yell at TV too because I was like, I think that was like right after I texted you. And I was like, he is so much more likable on the show than he was in the book. And then that happens. Yeah, I was like, are we? I yelled this at is a different part of that scene. Well, okay, so I loved the I see you and it's so it's, it's Oh my god. Oh, so fucking sick. So cool. And it's it's really clear to me that like Matt was drawn to the fade, like that or the dagger yeah, is drawn the to the fade, like alerted yeah. him, but also that the fade was scared shitless and the way the fade moved in the shadows was so fucking awesome. Well, yeah, the fade doesn't move until Rand and Tom come in and they like sort of snap him out of it and you see it's very subtle like the he black has goes like back the black stuff mouth. like oozing out of his mouth and then it goes back in like he snapped out of so it so creepy yeah he was like like oh like about to attack like yeah like it was like the fade was like this dude like if i attack now i'm dead but the moment like he gets snapped out of it and like he's lost his touch to the dagger at that point or something that's when yeah. it attacks i think it was important to know too that Matt is just standing there and then raises the dagger. And the fact that we actually focus on the dagger was obviously like everyone's going to figure it out, but it was the dead giveaway for me that Matt is not the one that killed them. Yeah. Well, I think that was clutch too. Like the dagger's clean. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And also just to really hammer in that, like that's what's going on, right. Mm -hmm. That this is being caused by the dagger. And I love how, how confused Rand is. And he's like, I'll be there for you no matter what. And I'm like, Oh, you're such a good friend. Like, I love you. Well headed bastard. He's just, and then, uh, it was just, so what do we think about it's, it's like, it's like Nynaeve overshadowed this and no one's talking about the fact that Tom says Matt can channel. Nobody's talking about this. Is oh yeah. Buy it. Like, what did you take on that? I thought it was weird that he just brought it up without ever seeing Matt do it. I don't really right. get like, maybe I just kind of like missed that part of the conversation, but it was just like, it was this weird. <sighs> Cause then it went right into the story about his nephew. And I'm like, well, hold on. I think it just was supposed to be one of those like mystical guru moments almost where tom clearly knows more than he's letting on god dude i love tom tom is probably my favorite character right now he's tom is so fucking lit and he's totally alive fucking fight me on any and on any form of social media right now he is 100 still alive i was wondering if we were going nobody no death or nobody no, no he, death no way he got by that fade <laughs> it's like one of the two off she's alive nobody no death yeah i i think because the, the last thing we see is the fade catch the dagger and he's digging in his pockets for more daggers and then it's just over. Tom like and it's, his knives. It's them running. So cool. But I think that, I mean, I'm not going to say, I'm not going to give feedback on that because I obviously know the answer to the Tom situation. Yes, but, I, I know you do. But uh, but yeah, no body, no death is a is a fair rule. Um Especially that's the, the that's the hashtag of the week, by the way. Nobody, no death. Nobody, no death. <laughs> so, do the meme, but but I do think in answer to your earlier comment that what he was trying to say is that like it's not that he like he needs to see Matt channel. 
he feel based on his own experience, right? Which he's bringing a lot of into this conversation. Oh, like he just knows. Well, he's referring to channeling sickness, right? Which is, that's what he talks about with his brother. Like I think do, or about his nephew, sorry. Do rewatch that scene. Cause he says like, he's like, it was just the same with my nephew whose name I'm blanking on right now. Um, But he was like, it was just Owen. Owen. He says just the same with Owen that he would like he was going into these fits of rage and he had all this attitude and then and he was like nobody knew what was wrong with him until he like threw some shit across the room with his mind right and so what he's saying is this reminds me of Owen right before he channeled for the first time yeah but don't we I mean we as the viewer know that he's not about to channel it's him being sickened by the the dagger I think so that we can be... infer that. Yeah. I mean, I think we're getting conflicting information, but for sure we know that a lot of what's going on is because of the dagger. Like the sickness is the dagger. I feel well, yeah, obviously. But I feel like everything in Matt's sphere of story right now is just what's happening to him because of the dagger. I don't think they're gonna like and for lack of a better word, I don't think they're gonna weave channeling into <laughs> his story just yet because I feel like the focus needs to be on the dagger and what's happening to him because of the dagger. So we think like a dramatic irony where Rand thinks that he's channeling. Yeah. Where he doesn't get it. And he's just like, holy shit, dude. Like this is what the madness Tom was talking about. Holy crap. So that being the case, Rand has a pretty tough choice to make now, right? Because he can continue on his mission, which is to get to the white tower, which is where Gwen is going to go and risk taking Matt there when Tom just told him under no circumstances can he be brought to Aes Sedai because they'll gentle him and he'll kill himself. And then we see what that actually looks like with Loghain. Yeah. But does Rand go on to the tower? Honestly, I feel like Rand is experienced enough not to trust people that he, I feel like he needs to find Moraine. I think that's what his goal needs to be. And if they're moving to the White Tower, I feel like that's his only option. Yeah, I mean, and he didn't really trust Moraine, right? He wasn't like yeah, stoked but, about that anyway. But he, to him, she's the only one that'll know what's going on. I think you're probably right, like because I because I do think that they're all gonna. I don't. I don't know. Actually. Well, and to him, I really don't know anymore. Dead. Everything's so different. I'm like, where are we going? Yeah, to him, Nynaeve is still dead. To, to all everybody, of them, she's still dead. Yeah. Which, like, whoo. Um, okay, but before we move on to Nynaeve, which I'm very excited to do, um, what do we think of this dream? Oh, my God. I love the dreams. This is, Seriously, it is becoming one of my favorite parts of the, these episodes is this horror I'm aspect so of it. I'm so glad because the, the dreams are important. I don't think that's a spoiler. I think every, I've heard every other every other podcast saying that to everyone. They're like, no spoilers, but do pay attention to that. Because yeah. sometimes people see dream sequences and they're like, mom, mom, I'm going, this is when I'm going to go grab something out of the fridge. Like, not right. in this show. Yeah. Not in so this I'm wondering, and this is me being the, the newbie who doesn't know the story. I'm wondering... If at least, and I'm just gonna go by Rand's dream because that's how he found out what was happening with Matt. Um, I'm wondering if it just shows them parts of history, hmm. like 
obviously he was still technically in the farm. No, they weren't. I'm sorry. They were still at Emmonsfield. When, when? During in the dream, they were in Emmonsfield because he walks up on Perrin hacking at something we don't see, which I also think was very important. So we did see enough. It was his wife. You can see her braid. You can see oh, the can you? Okay, I wasn't paying attention then. Yeah, and that's the interesting thing there because what oh, Rand is seeing ask. in his... No, you're not. Ever, there's been a lot of debate about that. I've just been following the hell out of it. <laughs> but uh, no, for, but the fandom agrees at this point it was his wife. And what's interesting there is that Rand doesn't know that. Oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah, so... Just throwing that out there. Rand's dreaming about stuff that he can't possibly know anything about. Um, Perrin wasn't. Perrin's dream was about the wolves. Uh, well, that uh, didn't, wasn't yeah, a thing that really yeah. happened, but it was about like his wife. Like it didn't have anything in particular that was like an event. No, that like, was symbolism. I feel like that was like a showing him something about like the future. The wolves are very clearly important to Perrin. Not to yeah. Perrin, but to Perrin's story. Yes. And I can I say with that, confidence, yes. Yeah. Um, I think the dreams... First, and I'm going to stand by this again. Uh, you guys come at me on the internet, social media, I don't care. I don't think that the fire-eyed gentleman in the um, dreams, I don't think that's the Dark One. I think that is like someone who serves the Dark One. Uh, one of the names I heard dropped from the dark friend was a Shamael. So maybe that's that guy, whoever that is. Okay. Um, because she did say that the dragon was turned over to the dark one before. And that was a Shamael. So may, and I'm, again, this is like, it, it's very Lord of the Ringsy. in maybe a Shamael is like the witch king. Right, like his like first lieutenant. Yeah. Sure. Um, I think follow-up questions to this idea would be like, where has that person been in the world? Why isn't that a thing that well, people have talked about at this point? Right? But see, then we can kind of kind of argue that with Moraine knows something about the person in the dream. Because she was she does, flipping you're right. scared when they were like, yeah, we all saw this dude. Well, she was... We don't know exactly what she was scared about, right? I think well, we talked yeah, about this true. in the last episode that there's a number of things she might have been scared about in yeah. that, including the fact that they had a dream that that so much transpired to be real, right? That Rand like yeah, caught that up manifested that bat. in real shit. Yeah, yeah, right. Like that alone could be enough to freak her the fuck out, right? We don't really know on account of I Sedai, which I really love that we got like so much about that in this episode to know yeah. enough now to say, yeah, and I Sedai. Like who fucking knows what Maureen thinks is going on? <laughs> Maureen's not talking to anybody. Yeah. We haven't. We know goddamn nothing. About what, like at this point, like what do we really know about Moraine and what she's trying to do? Well, and that, I think that's another big problem as far as the pacing of her story. And I get it because we had to get to certain points and we had to get to uh, Nynaeve on Namek, which that doesn't make any sense. To I me, mean, I, I follow I enough. That. Thank you, Ben. Um, we haven't been able to talk to her 
not we, but like, you know, well, like we haven't had any conversations with her because she's been dying of a pus filled shoulder. Yeah, exactly. And, like she's been knocked out. She's yeah. and when she's with Lan, like they kind of communicate silently so effectively. And it's like, who even who even fucking knows right now? But I just think yeah. that that's very I Sedai. Um, and I love just how it's just very they are very cryptic. Yeah. yeah, it's super on brand. It's like really within the themes. Like I think that they're doing everything right in terms of really conveying the world and the Aes Sedai here like wicked early. Because in the books, we don't see another Aes Sedai for a long time. Like we're, it's just Moraine and we don't have her point of view until like book two, um, which is oh shit the okay. dopeness when you get your first Moraine chapter. So I I think they're doing as in as far as adaptation, this is so great because. It's not just like we haven't had time because she's been knocked out. Like this is how it feels in the book too, that it's like you want to inherently trust her. But when you really think about it, like we actually don't have any information. Kind of like Gandalf, but in a much grittier and more real world. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there are plenty of times where I'm just like, Gandalf, can you just say like two more sentences? Well, I'm like, who the fuck is Gandalf that shows up at your door and is like, come I with know. me for reasons. I, You know what I mean? Like, it's... All I did was give him a nudge out of the door, bro. We know for a fact that's not true. <laughs> Dude, what? Yeah. So, I, but in Tolkien, that makes sense. But in this, I just love the way that Moraine, like Moraine's just an awesome character. Like Ben says she's his favorite, right? Like she's such a cool version of the Gandalf character. And it's so yeah. real. Like what would, what would it be like that. for real if the wizard showed up and was like, leave with me now? <laughs> Yeah. So I feel like this is a really good segue into the final portion of this episode, which is naive. All I'm going to say is this show, from a cinematography standpoint, does such a great job of introducing people to scenes. On God, I got. Okay, so something you guys need to understand about me. When I was watching Rogue One, and it's the hallway scene, and it gets real quiet, and then you hear the breathing, dude, my goosebumps had goosebumps. I was, like, up and fucking, I was, like, oh, my God, I was screaming. I was, like, dude. <laughs> I wish was... I could have been there with you to see Rogue One. Dude, so this is, when I told you that I yelled at a different part, in the episode, when I saw the shadow come across the cave wall and Moraine walks in by herself to Loghain's cave, I was like, dude, ah, <laughs> dude, I was freaking out. I was so fucking stoked. Everything I'm so about happy this you episode, guys like this show. <laughs> dude, I, go on, go I was, on. Just I was bad so about happy. it. When, uh, I'm going to say her name wrong because Alana was the nice one, right? The one that was talking to her about her dog. Uh, Alana is the one who's talking about her to her about her dog, and it's they. It, I'm confused because the Kareen. audiobooks say Kareen, but they called her Kareni. Um, no, it doesn't okay. matter, but that's, that's why probably I'm probably an confused about her. thing. Um, uh, probably. Yeah, I know. Um, I think first of all, the fact that they can use offensive magic only in like threat of their life creates very interesting, albeit ironic um, solutions. Like she just kept the arrows in the air. She kept the arrows in the air. But as soon as she was like, I'm probably going to die from this. She was like, your arrows are my arrows and fucking kill these dudes <laughs> with their own arrows. I was like, holy shit, dude, this is fucking amazing. And then she's like blowing shit up on the ground 
Oh my god, dude. This this episode was so fucking good. And I was so pissed when it ended. I know. I will say one thing, cinematography, because I am kind of on that. This show has a really bad habit of doing facial close-ups for way too long. Yeah, I, I don't know feel... why. It's just weird. They did it with Loghain at the beginning of the episode, and they do it with Moraine at the end of the episode. It with kind Nynaeve. Of mis- or Nynaeve, Nynaeve, like, I- earned that shit, though. Oh, yeah. I mean, like, it just, like, sometimes it's warranted. At the beginning, Loghain just sitting there, like, I'm going to grow back together. And then it's, like, five seconds of just his face from his cheeks to his eyebrows. I'm like, okay, <laughs> mo- let's go. It's very Handmaid's Tale, I'll give you that. Yeah. I uh, You don't watch that show. Ben does. Ben, I know, know enough about it to know oh, I don't yeah, like that's it. Yeah, very, that is very June Osborne. <laughs> but I uh, I was screaming at the TV because I... So I have been sitting over here. Scott, I was talking about you in the spoiler episode. I was of like, course yo, you were. Dude, I was a little bit. Uh, it wasn't bad, but I was like, yo, Scott, like, isn't picking up what they're putting down on Nynaeve. Because dude, and nobody I, did. I, dude, because logically, right, Maureen in episodes like one through three sits down and looks into the camera and is like, to be a wisdom and to whistle, listen to the wind is to channel. And Nynaeve is like, the last wisdom went to the White Tower to channel. And everyone's like, Nynaeve is a wisdom. If Egwene studies under her, she can channel. And nobody was like, can Nynaeve channel? No, I totally picked up on that. I just didn't. There was no relevance to it before then because she killed the Trolloc without channeling. Right. So there was no like, in my mind, I was just kind of like, okay, she's stronger than she's showing so far. And the dude, honestly, the fact that she stayed and fought with Lan and them in the line and pulled the dagger out and just fucking not even just stabbed this dude, but stabbed him, pulled out, stabbed him like three more times. And then was like, you're dead. Let's move on. I was like, holy shit, dude, I don't fuck with way... Nynaeve. And I was really glad that that wasn't the Nynaeve hashtag Nynaeve part because I was like, that was cool, but not like I'm really going to be upset if this is what she's freaking out about. Nope. Nope. Yeah. Yet to come because yeah we hashtag naive was trending like top 10 on twitter on thursday night it was insane and i really loved in the battle how um like i understand people are saying that it felt small and i'm like whatever it's season one like in game of thrones in their first battle they just knock Tyrion out and don't have the battle oh yeah like you everybody takes several seats that in episode four of a brand new show you didn't get like a huge spectacle i thought it looked great and I really liked how it balanced, like, yeah, she stabbed and murdered that dude, like, no problem, whips out a knife, but also was, like, really overwhelmed by the battle. Yeah, like, like, she is still just, like, holy fuck, there's, like, people fighting all around me. It was very real, like, it had kind of a uh, Saving Private Ryan battle type feel. Yeah, exactly what I thought. (laughs) But also that she's just, like, I'm gonna stab this dude, and, like, she's just... so great and i and but then she had this beautiful quiet moment with lan that i just um yeah i mean oh my god it was i'm dying and i love the way that this episode set up first of all their chemistry because obviously like they're thinking about it right and i'm uh, i'm here for it oh oh yeah if they I'm, aren't together <laughs> by the end of this i'm i'm burning the books i have <laughs> I I thought they were so great and I love that it sets up this like like Nynaeve is watching these other warders and she's like wait so Lan's going to sleep in Moraine's tent like you guys are in a thruple like what's going on 
yeah. right? So I love that it sets that that up too. And then and then at the end, like like obviously I knew that Moran and Lan weren't gonna die. Oh, right I now. didn't. Fuck you. I right. was literally I on my phone texting you, like, I swear to God. <laughs> you were like, so upset. Scott's like, was, I hate this show now. Like, I, I was did, like, what happened? <laughs> and then I was like, oh, never mind. And then I fucking sent her this gif of Goku going Super Saiyan. And she's like, yes. Dude, like, I knew I knew they weren't going to kill them. Or at least if they did, I was going to be, like, real surprised. Like, I did not yeah. think that they were going to die. And I know that Nynaeve is, like, a sick healer, right? This is, like, information that I have. And I'm, like, yep. on my feet screaming at the TV because they're all in there getting their asses kicked. And I'm like, Nynaeve! Nynaeve! Like, I'm sure all my neighbors heard me screaming her name because I'm like, get into that cave, girl! Holy shit! And I was very, 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 very happy. And Moraine's face. And then, okay, so what do we all now think about who the dragon is? Because, of course, Moraine tells Loghain, like, Like, you know, you're I, just, I, I think they're not spending enough time on her for it to be her. It still has to be one of the four kids from Evansfield. However, However, I will say this, Sharice Theron. Perrin, because Perrin has really been struggling with basically like everything since episode one. He has just been struggle bussing to struggle town. (laughs) Struggle bussing to struggle town. You know, I I actually, if I have to be honest with you, I feel like it's Rand. Because Rand is the only one that has shown a proclivity for random acts of power but also like this just wherewithal about him. I don't, I never for a minute thought it was Matt, not, not for a second. And if it does turn out to be Matt, then I'll be the first one to, you know, to eat my words. And I'll come back to this episode and I'll edit, I'll add a little thing at the end that just says <laughs> I was wrong, but I don't think it's Matt. I think Matt, if it were really that important and Matt were really like the dragon of that great importance. I don't think he would be involved in a story like the dagger. And why not a story is leadership. And And I think is more finding her place in the world and find her own power. I don't think they would just give her someone else's power. Like, Hey, you're the reincarnation of like, we're just going to take this guy and put a new skin on him. And that's you. No, I, I think she is going to be on power. Love that take. Love it so fucking much. Bookmark this this moment. I'm like, <laughs> yes, yes. Just Egwene is just, 
Egwene and Matt are my favorites, man. They are so fucking awesome. Matt is shaping up to be one of my favorites. When this went from like a weird thief to bro, this guy's corrupted by some shit. I was like, oh, I'm fucking in for this. Give me like four episodes of just Matt dealing with this shit. Ben, how stoked is uh, Scott going to be when he gets to your favorite part of the books? And no spoilers on what that is because it's coming so soon. But he's going to die, right? Yeah. Yeah. We'll see. All I need to know, I don't care. You guys have listened to this podcast for long enough that you know that fucking spoilers everywhere. But obviously we're trying to keep it like away from the book. All I want to know. Because Lindsay, like Moraine, who I'm changing your name in my phone to Moraine because you're being this <laughs> fucking cryptic. Are we ever going to go back to Shadar Logoth? I, I just mean, I need to know that because there's no way. And you said it in the last episode, and I know this because I listened to it. Um, <laughs> there's no way you would introduce something that fucking dope and then never use it again. Yeah, you do not hang that on the wall not to come back to it. We're yeah, not... it'd be like telling the story of the ghost army, but not going to find the fucking ghost army. Yeah, it's, I mean, and the other thing is to remember that this is um, 15 books 15 long. 15 books long, The yeah. world is only so big, um, and as we do disclose in the primers, so I'll say it here, like, fast travel is a thing. There are oh, only fuck, so yeah. many fucking places that you get, you know what I mean? Like it's not, it's, this isn't the Lord of the Rings where we're only going to double back on like the trip home like that. We'll this, cut them off in the past. This no. story ends. It's like Tolkien. Um, Homage. Kind of. Yeah. After book one. And honestly, they're bringing in so much from other books right now that it's like not even that lord of the rings eh? like eye of the world really is but after that it really drops that hard like there is no like everybody walk home at the end like this doesn't end with like the the way that the lord of the rings is where they do like a victory tour they do like a greatest hits and they stop at fangorn and they hit rivendell and they go they like this isn't how this goes <laughs> so Good. we're gonna be around the map um and you can generally expect that when you go somewhere it's 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 usually never the last time that you're there I'm also buying a map of... Please do. They're online. I know, but I'm going to get one framed. I'm putting it in my office. I'm going to put it right below the map of uh, Middle Earth. I don't have any fictional maps in my office. What the fuck? Dude, are you high? Like, you're insane. Yes, and I also don't have any... That's... All right, well... Dude, if you actually think I'm not going to get one for you, like, you're you're dumb. You're dumber than I thought. And I didn't think you were dumb at all. I want one. Someone send me so, a map. Yeah. I can't even say the name of the place that, the, like, the colloquial name. Like, there's so many spoilers that you wouldn't think are spoilers. And I was just going to say a map of See, a book and that's... Know what we call this place. And I can't say what we call it. So, actually, be really careful when you get, when you pull up a map online, Scott, if you're looking one up, actually do me a favor and text me because, honest to God, that's a spoiler. Well, why don't I just have you find it for me? That's what I mean. Like, when you're ready to look at it, let me know. I'll send it to you. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, because like you can't be, goddamn it. Um. Anyway, I've been. I cannot be, goddamn it. You just can't. So there's well, can be, goddamn it. And who Dude, shot? What? You could you could be anything you want. Okay. <laughs> Parent taught me. That. <laughs> oh. You can be a wife slayer. Oh my god! I also like that, too dude, soon. They, <laughs> they, they throw out like slayer a lot in this story. 
So, like, I do think that's very Game of Thronesy. Like Kinslayer, they called uh, LTT. Um, and then like it just kind of alludes to like I don't know. It just like it made it seem like he Matt was gonna have to suffer the consequences of these people dying, and like it was gonna have something to do with him being like a a friend slayer or something like that. I feel you. I feel you. There's there is a character called Slayer. Who will be reasonably important. Reasonably. Um, who you will like a lot. Fuck yes. Um, there's Look. also, it is just sort of language that, incidentally, that Martin borrowed from this. And it's something that the fans have talked about for years now. Of like, not that specific example. But, um, for instance, later, this is not a spoiler. This is just like a world thing. But later in the story, we will learn about a city that the politics of the city plays a game called Deus de Mar, which is old tongue for the game of houses. Mm. This came out quite a long time before George R. R. Martin's Game of Thrones, from which he borrowed from Jordan in a way that no one has a problem with. But it's funny how reverse it is. We're all like, are they going to do, are they going to yeah, do Game of Houses? Like, yeah, or are they going to have to change the name? Cause like, it's the same thing. Like it, like when they, when Cersei talks about the Game of Thrones, that's the Game of Houses in this city where this is how their politics work. And they know that like, if you go to this place, you have to be prepared to play the game of houses. And it's it's like, actually like one of the most hilarious uh, storylines for one of the characters when they get caught up on that by accident. But um, yeah, there's a lot of like stuff that Martin borrowed from Jordan that now we're going to get like in reverse on television and we'll just see, but the, oh, the yeah. Kinslayer is one of them for sure. Two things that are my last little things that I wanted to mention um, is just another shout out to Brigitte, which was just the dopest Easter egg ever. And the doll, right? Yeah, that was the name of the doll. And everybody just hold on to that. And just... I thought them showing her dead in the in outside was a little much, but I do appreciate it. It was super, super sad and not okay. And but. Oh, Brigitte. I just love that. And I'll talk about that infinitely more in the spoiler episode. And then uh, as f with Egwene, I wanted to just mention that they say, like, I didn't catch it until rewatch. When Lan and Moraine go into their tent, Lan is like, is he as strong as Egwene? Talking about Loghain. So I don't know if you guys saw that. Yeah, and we saw how strong Loghain is. Like he was just fucking with them, right? Like two of them trying to hold him back and he was just screwing with them. And and Moraine said, I'm not sure. I don't think so. She thinks Egwene's stronger than Loghain. Dude, I'm so fucking stoked for more of this shit. Holy crap. Yeah. So just throwing that out there. Um, and then also that... Uh, Something that I just sort of forgot to say last week, and I thought this would come up more like just during, like in the zeitgeist, not even just during our conversation, but of like, how did Nynaeve manage to do that? Like it was no big deal. Um, and I love that it just hasn't come up. Everyone's just like, yeah, Nynaeve, fuck yeah. Like no one's no, calling her I a Mary Sue. Like Everyone's just like, yes, yes. No, I feel like it's just like Harry dropping the glass at the zoo. Exactly. 
Yeah, it's just like in it's just like whole. I, I don't know, like maybe hers is just brought on by like when she's angry or something or like scared or whatever. But, um, I yeah, I feel like this is like she's so much more powerful than we've like been led to believe. But she could be that much more powerful if she learned how to control it, kind of thing. Yeah, definitely, and like, yeah, being able to do that on command. You know? Yeah, channeling. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god, that's an awesome meme. I'll have to post that. (laughs) Literally what popped into my head as you guys were talking about that. Did you just make that? Did you really? Yeah, I just found the meme generator. (laughs) Oh my god, you're so funny. I'll post it and credit you. That's hilarious. But, oh god. Yeah, she was awesome. And yeah, exactly. It's like what you can do by instinct where versus what you can do when you're being taught and what you can do when you're angry and scared and versus yeah. when you're not. And how and do you do that? That whole notion of it just being like raw power at that point. Raw, untamed right. power that she hasn't learned to control. So it just full on goes like balls to the walls, ballistic and... Thankfully, it's good channeling. Yeah, I was going to say, everybody. Like, it kind of, you know, undid the damage that... Who, admittedly, the warder who was, like, with Alana... Or not Alana, Kareen. Um, yeah. Bro, I felt for that guy so hard. Yeah. I felt for him, but it's like, did you really have to pull a Peter Quill? <laughs> he really did kind of pull Dude. a Peter Quill. Well, and I'm hoping that they will explain more of that next week. Is where I'll leave it. Yeah, like what happens to him now? Yeah, I think that they'll explain it, so I won't go into it. But um, there are answers to that, and there are good answers to that. And if anything, um, one criticism I might have in like my spoiler review is a little bit his reaction and how like that was played way down. But I will say that was one of my favorite takeaways of the episode is when he does charge in with his axes and strikes the shield. Yeah. And you see the channeling start to corrupt the axes, you know, going back to like what you said about the the taken stuff, like it really hammers home, like just how damaging and how corrupting this power is not just on like Mm -hmm. channeling itself or on the men, but like on anything that it touches. So, I do have one question. I meant to ask this at the beginning when we were talking about um, Lorraine, uh, Logan. Sorry, Lee, uh, yeah, Logan, Linguini. Um, <laughs> it doesn't matter who you are or like what level of power you have, right? If you have a penis, you're gonna go mad. That's like that is that is a an infallible fact, right? I also didn't mean to say penis infallible at the same time, but whatever. Um, um yes, and I think that gender will be less binary. So I think that if I'm being really nitpicky about language, um, I would just say men, because I'm not convinced that we aren't going to see some fluidity in that. Mm. similar to you don't to be clear in the books where you do see that it's problematic as fuck um and 
I'll love to talk about it one day. <laughs> like, but there's a couple instances where it's like, yo, what? <laughs> okay. It's not great. It's like bad representation. And I think that the show is going to do better. And I think like similar to in his dark materials, like 99.9% .9 of the time your Damon is of the opposite gender and 1% of the time it's not, or probably more actually. Yeah. <laughs> and Holy and thanks shit, a lot. Paul. I never caught that. I actually yeah. didn't either until she just said that. Yeah. There are some people that I think we run across like one in all of the his dark materials trilogy and it's not it's not explicitly stated that they're they're queer in any way it's just that occasionally it happens that it's the same gender right so i could i would say i just to be like aware of that as something that i think that rafe jenkins is gonna do better than robert jordan did with um i'll just say for all we know yeah men it's if, but if it, here's how here's how we want to define it well right i'm like but i also want to just address that because it is a thing that's talked about a lot so i went just in the fandom like it's talked about a lot so i want to throw that out there but um the way to look at it is if you channel sidine whatever that means about oh, your gender okay. identity Right. So if you channel side Dean, the, you're going insane. Okay. And 99% of the time and all the time, as far as we know, it's just men. That's the male side of the source. I just don't know what kind of nuance they're going to add to that. Right. Mm, that's fair. But yeah, if you channel side Dean, you are going nuts. And the reason again for that is that when the dark, the dark one, one was sealed, the he corrupted it on purpose mm -hmm, and the kickback in the ceiling and women weren't there because yeah. they didn't help, which is not great. Right. <laughs> the power works better when we work together right <laughs> but See, this is why we no. need a what if episode or like if the women were no no there, no hold on don't don't do that to me don't don't do that shit to me yet i still need <laughs> oh, that's to called book 14 we'll talk about God it then and do you. a lot of speculation about what that might have looked like not that they actually do it i'm not spoiling it but you know what's there gonna is happen now a lot of speculation between some i'm of our gonna characters. go to wikipedia now Absolutely, you are not. Don't do that. You'll be fucking so pissed. He's probably there already, uh -uh. dude. You don't even know. How I much wouldn't do that. This story is like I'm. I'm in, dude. Like I'm 110 percent in. That's like awesome. I am Team Lindsay at this shit. Like I'm so stoked. Whatever she says, like I'm behind her on this. So if I'm not supposed to go to the Wikipedia, then I'm not gonna do. No, that you Google fucking nothing. Trust me. I just in looking for um fan art of the characters got spoiled so fucking bad and i think i told one of you guys this that i got spoiled on something so hard or so early and it seemed so insane when i saw it that i said well that's bullshit that can't happen that's yeah, not real it was me it was when we were talking about yeah. it was i think it was on one of the what if episodes or even one of the pcpb episodes yeah i was like that's just not realistic and then when it actually happened in the books i still didn't believe it even though it had been spoiled to me i was like that's crazy you can't do that be careful <laughs> what, be careful what you google i spoiled myself on one thing googling the wrong thing with a happy spoiler for me if you know I what remember. i've talked about with you in the past Lindsay, relating to a certain favorite character of mine but just like that she comes back or that she's around i can't remember you have to tell me i hate I both of you so much right now Read the fucking book, man. Dude, I am, <laughs> but you know, time or whatever. 
Anyway, this episode of the Wheel of Time was fucking dope. This was, it was so cool to see everyone get on board. Like these are the kind of conversations I've been looking forward to for so many years to just be able to blow this wide open and have you guys, like, I love that you guys are loving it. It's, I love that everybody's loving it. I love that we have our own Twitter emojis for Nynaeve with the parade. Like, it's oh my just, God, yeah. it's just everything I could ever have wanted in life. So this episode was great. And we have been talking for almost two hours. Yeah. We should probably start to wrap it up, even yeah. though I could continue to do this all night. We could. Um, ben, as always, I very much appreciate you being here. I very much don't appreciate you being as cryptic as Lindsay, but that's whatever. I can't <laughs> avoid that. Um, as always, anyone and anyone who wants to come on here, wants to show what they know that I don't know about Wheel of Time, if you feel that you can go toe-to-toe with me on some Star Wars shit, I'm ready to throw down. We've got Return of the Jedi coming in on Friday. We've got our Dalmatian extravaganza happening, I think, Wednesday. I haven't looked at the calendar i have to go back and look ostensibly um, that's happening but yeah that we're gonna see i might we may need we to may push that slightly but the dalmatian extravaganza is coming yeah it part. will happen i'm not i would not shit you internet um <laughs> but yeah if you guys want to come on if you have questions we have Lindsay has been killing it all weekend with this shit. She has been slaying it on Twitter. She's been killing it on Instagram. She made a whole fucking website for us. Um, so make sure that you guys go look at that. You'll see it there in the description. You can find it in the description on Instagram at uh, go behind the timeline. Uh, email us if you guys have any questions, if you want feedback or anything like that. You can actually get a quick link right to it on the website. If you just click feedback, it'll immediately open up an email and send it right to us. Um, and obviously like, and follow and make sure you're keeping updated with all the episodes. Lindsay, I'm going to let you actually take us out of here. Yeah. I mean, thanks for an awesome week and, and thanks for all support from all the wheel of time communities. It's just a fucking dream. And I can't wait to be back next week, probably on Sunday. Right. I think we'll be out on the fifth with episode five, which is called blood calls blood. And, uh, Yes, that does mean something to me. And no, I can't sleep. So <laughs> until we see you guys on Friday for Star Wars um, or possibly sooner for Dalmatians, we'll see. I don't know. I'll let you know on the Internet. Stay nerdy.